Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, everybody, let's get into it. Get stoned, get it started, get it started, get it started. Welcome, Big Brother fans. This is your Rad Reality Show Network. We connect you to the reality stars you love. I'm Cherry Garcia, and I'm so glad you can be here tonight with us for Manic Mondays with our beautiful host, Michelle Costa, from Big Brother Season 10, also known as the Portuguese Princess from Providence. questions or comments, call in at 1-347-237-5506. And once you're on our switchboard, please do remember to listen to the prompts and press the number one key on your phone. That lets us know that you want to join us on air and you're not just listening to the show from our switchboard. Now, let's get this show started with a little intro for our host. Here we go. Back. 
Welcome, everyone. Happy Manic Mondays. This is the Red Reality Show Network, and I'm Cherry Garcia. It's February 27th, 2017. It's time for Manic Mondays with our beautiful host, Michelle Costa, from Big Brother Season 10. She has two special guests joining her tonight, and it's just going to be a fabulous night tonight from... uh, Hell's Kitchen, in our first segment, she has Amanda Colello joining her. And in our second segment, Laura Thompson-Nelson from Naked and Afraid Australia will be here. So we're going to have a great night. And as always, if you have questions or comments, call in to chat with Michelle, Amanda, and Laura by dialing 1-347-237-5506. And once you're on a switchboard, don't forget to press the number one key on your phone. That lets us know that you're ready to join us on air and you're not just listening to Manic Mondays from our switchboard. Now, let's bring up our host, also known as the Portuguese Princess from Providence, and get this show started. Hi, Michelle. How are you and how was your weekend? Hey, Cherry Pie. Hello, everybody. Happy Manic Monday. Um, Well, I had a very fun and eventful weekend. Um, uh, I I actually, (laughs) yes, I attended uh, a charity that Tom Brady um, is, I believe, the chairman for. It's called Best Buddies. And my dear friend Brendan Donovan, that was on Biggest Loser 10, he is the one that ran this charity in Foxborough, Massachusetts. So I wasn't quite sure if Jason was still going to be here because last week I forgot to mention, Cherry, I went to Jason's going to move to L.A. party last week. So um, me, Mama Costa, and Papa Costa attended that, and we hung out with Jason's mom and all his friends and family, and it was Big Brother themed. All the tables were named different sayings or different types of competitions for Big Brother. Um, We watched uh, different things that happened on Big Brother OTT or Big Brother 17, and it was a good time. So um, to get back to the charity, um, I realized, hey, he's going to be in town, so I asked him to be my date. Um, And he was one of the um, celebrities along with myself and – Fredo from Biggest Loser 10, and there was a couple other Biggest Loser contestants there. Yes, and there was a lot of other Biggest Losers there. They were uh, a lot of sports uh, guys, uh, radio show hosts. Um, It was so much fun. Um, They raised a lot of money, and uh, they did raffles and everything, and, you know, you buy the sheets of raffle tickets, and, um, you know, you put them in the bags, and, they pick your number out the end, and I won two prizes, Cherry. I'm really lucky What'd when it you comes win? to stuff like that. Well, let me tell you all about it. So me and Jason went around, and, you know, we, we looked at the different things that were there, and so, you know, there was a couple of items that I put a couple, you know, two or three raffle tickets in, and, of course, that it was the only well, – there was only one wine um, uh, display there that had – a bunch of wine bottles and um, glass. So I put a couple extra in there. 
and you know there was a lot of other baskets full of different things it was really a great array and then we walked by the skydiving thing and I said you know me and my friend was talking about that I should skydive it was a great experience for him so he said well let me just put one in because you know I just wanted to put one in so that was it you did there was a lot of other I won the wine basket and I won skydiving uh oh my god <laughs> yes so as, as soon as I realized I won that I went into kind of a panic mode because I'm like oh my god how am I gonna tell mama Costa she's gonna have a fit <laughs> so Jason was like oh my god I can't believe he goes no of course you won the wine yeah he's like you just win all the wine but you won the skydiving. He's like, you just put one in. And there was probably like 500 people there. And I'm like, oh, my God, Jason. He's like, you cannot tell your mother. You cannot. She will have a fit. And he's going on Snapchat going, everybody, tell Michelle Costa she can't skydive. Don't let her do it. So <laughs> needless to say, I came home. You have to and drink I all the mom, wine before you skydive. <laughs> all the wine and then more probably. I'm going to probably stumble out of the plane. Um, so I came home, and I was like, Mom, I want a wine basket. I want some prize. I want a wine basket. She's like, oh, my God, of course you did. She's like, what else did you win? And I looked at her, and I guess my, I, I lost all the, the color in my face. And she's like, what else did you win? What else? And she's talking to me in Portuguese. She's like, tell me, tell me. And I'm like, Mom, I, I didn't. I just won one thing, you know. And she's going, no, you didn't, no, you didn't, you, you said two things. And I said, oh, God. I said, all right, well, I won sky, free skydiving. And she looked at me, and she starts to pray to God. And she's praying, 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 like, no, you cannot go, please, please. And she's like, you are not going to go. She's like, I'm telling you, I'm not, you are not going. And I said, Mom, I want it. I can't let it go to waste, Right. He said, no, you better not go. So I said, you know what, I'll just go when you don't know. She goes, now I'm even more nervous. Every time you leave the house, I think you're going to go skydiving. So needless to say, uh, those are the prizes that I won, Cherry. So, but we had a great time. It was great seeing Fredo and Caroline and Brendan, and um, it was just really cool. It was, it was a great event. So, Brendan, if you're listening, great job. Um, there was a lot of so Big Brother fans there, by the way. Um, I I didn't actually look into any of the details. I kind of just looked at it and shoved it in my pocketbook. But yeah, like Talbot's mom says, uh, she skydived once. I can't do it again because it makes my heart race too much. But it was cool. Um, so I figured, you know what? Just do it once and get it out of the way. You know, get it off the list. So I don't know. I don't know, the, the heartstrings are tugging left and right. Um, all right, well, let's move on, but um, it was a great, great time. Uh, so we have two amazing guests tonight, and uh, our first guest is going to be Amanda Colello from uh, House Kitchen Number 9. And, boy, we do love our food around here, so, you know, we're going to be asking her some food questions, Cherry. Absolutely. She's a personal chef. And then we have Laura Thompson Nielsen from Naked and Afraid, Australian Outback. And she had a controversial um, episode. So we'll be talking about I that. I watched and it. 
It was just gone crazy. Yes. And I rewatched right it. I should say I watched it when it was on years ago, and then I just watched it again um, last night. Well, it was pretty intense. That's for sure. And then she's going to talk a little bit about that between her partner, Nicholas, from Sweden, and just other things that happened. We'll get the story from her. Uh, did you know, Cherry, that Naked and Afraid is going to be premiering its next show uh, March 5th? That's coming up on Sunday, and it'll be at 10 p.m. on the Discovery Channel. So put that down in your calendars, everybody. Write that down. Awesome. Um, yeah. And so, The uh, Voice we... is starting its new season tonight. I'm so yeah, excited so I know you that. love The Voice. Oh, I know I you love do. The I Voice. love that show so much. It'll be fun to see Gwen and Blake back together again, even though they're I together know. every time. Mm-hmm. They're so adorable so, together. They're they too cute. They are so cute. Too cute. Uh, oh, can't wait to see the dynamics of that. Um... So we're going to be putting up uh, the audio clip of Jillian in about one minute. Just want to let you guys all know that I guess next week will be the one, the only, Suzette Amaya, and she'll be coming on to chat about Big Brother Canada, premiering the 15th of March. And also, I believe she's attending Reality Rally. So um, we'll talk a little bit more about that. That's going to be a great guest, and she's always been a staple here, and we love her. Sherry, before we get our first guest up, let's pop up the audio clip of Jillian, and that is why we have our guest here today, so that we can raise money for Michelle's place. Absolutely, we can do that. All right, guys, get ready to have some stills. As I get it on my switchboard here, here we go. This is Reality Rally 2017. Cancer don't discriminate. Care if you're just 38. This is Joyum from Survivor, and as you know from Reality Rally, and we do the most amazing event every April in Temecula, California, raising money. We call it Funds for Funds, and the money goes to Michelle's Place, which is a breast cancer resource center that has provided over 100,000 services free to people fighting cancer. They let no one face cancer alone. Our amazing event is coming up for the seventh year. The dates are April 6th, 7th, and 8th. Check out all the events on realityrally.com. We are the biggest reality TV celebrity gathering in the country. It's 110 reality stars right now and from 42 different shows. And we have epic events for everyone. You'll find a lifting showdown, a red carpet reception at Wilson Creek and a casino night. Celebrity Chef Showcase, Celebrity Autograph Sessions, and, of course, the Reality Rally Race, which is the amazing race type of game on Saturday the 8th. That's what my love is for. So, come on down. It's an amazingly fun weekend. April 6th, 7th, and 8th. So, check it out. RealityRally.com. 
And I always have to thank the Rad Reality Show, who has been on board helping us promote this event since 2010. Without them, there would be people that would know nothing about it. So, Manic Monday, thank you for what you do, and also the other Rad Reality Shows that we've had the opportunity to be on. So, thank you, Rad Reality Show. We love you guys. It's realityrally.com, and this is Jillian from Survivor and Reality Rally, thanking everybody for what you do to make this such a reality every year as we help save some lives. I'm gonna love you through Oh. That was a beautiful clip. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, cancer has affected us some way, somehow, whether it was our family, our friends, or ourselves. And that song couldn't be any on point. It doesn't discriminate. No age, no gender, no nationality, no ethnicity, nothing like that. Um, Your religious background, it just doesn't matter. It's um, one of the things that is baffling about cancer. Um, So we're going to be talking with our guests. Um, Both of them are going to be attending Reality Rally. I believe Laura has, and I believe Amanda might have already um, attended too, so they can talk about their experiences. Um, I know we're going to have Amanda on first. Do we have her up yet, Cherry? Um, Before, um, we didn't really talk about this, I guess, while we wait for her to call in. Um, Cherry, have you ever mm, maybe had a Steve Harvey moment in your life? You know what a Steve Harvey moment is, right? Where you get the envelope. You get the wrong envelope? (laughs) You you say who who this universe is and it's the wrong person. Well, we had another moment last night. If you guys were all watching the Oscars, did we watch the Oscars? Yes. It was so bad. It really, really was. Um, Sherry, talk about it real quick so I can just send Amanda a message letting her know because I emphasized Eastern Standard Time, but I just want to send her another message. Let me. So talk about what happened. Slumber. Well, they announced that it was La La Land that had won for Best Picture. And suddenly, everyone came running out saying, no, no, that's wrong, that's wrong. And it was just crazy. Um, (laughs) It was crazy, Jerry. (laughs) Just nuts. (coughs) And you can see everybody's faces. You know, curious as to whether this was a joke or, you know, what was going on. Sherry, you would think that they had gotten the the wrong envelope again. Yeah. That was the most important award of the night. I mean, all the other ones were important, but that's the last. That's the final. That's the best picture of the year that the Oscar um, chooses the Academy Award, um, they choose this one picture that ruled um, out of all of them. 
and Warren Beatty. Looked like he kind of needed his glasses, but didn't bring them. So he uh, he looked, he squinted, and they gave him the wrong card, Cherry. They gave him the best actress, Emma Stone card. So he assumed La La Land was the best picture. Unbelievable. I mean, their faces, Cherry. Did you see uh, everybody's face in the audience, on stage? Um, I'd have to say that very classy was La La Land. Producer and director. They were they, they were so nice to the people of Moonlight. Um, they talked about what a a beautiful film that Moonlight was and how deserving it was, and they were so classy and really handled it as beautifully as anybody could. And I think that you know made it a much smoother <laughs> transition for everybody because of the way they handled it and gave so much respect to the people of Moonlight, you know, um, it, it made it a, a much easier situation. Mm, absolutely. Uh, Moonlight wasn't really, the crew of Moonlight wasn't really sure what was going on, what they should do. They were all looking at each other like, "Are we? Should we celebrate? Is this real? Is this happening? Do we come up? Do we not?" Um, and I can, you can hear Warren Beatty on stage going, "You guys can get, you guys should win too." <laughs> Telling the people from La La Land, "You guys should get the uh, the Oscar too." <laughs> it's like Warren, it doesn't work like that, you know. But come to find out, uh, the man that holds the cards. Um, he works for the company that takes care of it. I guess he made a little boo-boo that was her God the World Cherry. He was supposed to uh, trash the act, the Best Actress uh, winner card. And I guess, come to find out, he was a little distracted, Cherry. He was taking pictures in the back with Emma Stone and putting it on Twitter and on his social media and responding back to people, and in that distraction, instead of him discarding that envelope, he kept it in his hand, and when Warren and Faye went to make their way out, he handed them that card. Oh, yeah, Twitter will get you in trouble every time, you know? Yeah. Twitter, and uh, <laughs> like what it's doing to Trump, you know? He can't staff a Twitter either. <laughs> Goodness, that man doesn't need Twitter to get himself in trouble. He just is oh, left and right. That man is just, I guess, a big fumble continuously. Um, it's just crazy. Uh, but I agree said, with Calvert's I mean, mom in the chat room. She said it's the first time that Pricewaterhouse has had an error in all these years, and she said they should ban all phones at those events, and I agree with her. If they had banned all the phones, the event, they wouldn't be on there tweeting and taking pictures to send to their social media and that kind of thing, and that would not have happened. Yeah, and they were also, it was, it was I, I can't remember the gentleman's name, and it was another lady, and they both have the briefcases that hold the envelopes. Each one has the same envelope in case there's some, something that happens. Not only do they have the briefcase, but both of them 
go through each one to make sure that they know who's supposed to win in case of a mistake like that. And so they knew who had won. It seemed to me that they were up there celebrating the, the La La crew, La La Land crew, for a good three minutes, I'd say. And it shouldn't have taken them three minutes to realize there was a problem. I mean, it was chaos. And I I had just turned it on and about maybe 20 minutes before that. And, you know, after they celebrate, you know, I usually go on to the next channel. But for some reason, I kept it on. Maybe I had this intuition that something was going to happen. I thought it was a joke when the uh, producer of La La Land was like, no, no, come up here. This is yours. You're the winner of Moonlight. And I'm like, what? So at home, clapping his hands, you know, waving to the sky like, thank you, Jesus, because now that crown has been taken away from him. And, you know, it wasn't Warren Beatty or or Faye's fault. I mean, they were just given the card, and they read it correctly, you know, I guess, some way, somehow. I mean, they saw La La Land, but they could have probably seen Bestress winner. But like I said, there was a lot of hands in that pot, and uh, it was unfortunate that that happened. Uh, But it gave us something to talk about, right? So... Um, and we're talking about it right now, and we'll be talking about this for a long time coming. Um, and especially we told, do have your guest on the switchboard. All right, well, let's bring them up because we only have a little bit of time um, with them before our next guest, so let's bring them up. Okay, from Hell's Kitchen, we have Amanda Colello. Hi, Amanda, thanks Hello. for calling in. Hey, can you hear me? Hello, Amanda. Hello. We can hear you, girl. How are you? Okay. Hey, how are you? Sorry for the delay. We're having crazy weather out here, but I'm doing well. How is, how's everybody? <clears throat> we are doing well. It seems like the past few weeks people have been calling in, and they've been dealing with weather. Now, you're in California. Are you guys still dealing with the rain and stuff? We we are. We are 100% dealing with the rain, and I'm a native New Yorker, and it's just so funny to me how these Californians freak out when it rains. <laughs> well, when you guys get rain in California, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's crazy now. <laughs> Goodness. So are you safe? Is everything good? What's happening right now around you? There's no flooding or anything like that? You guys um, safe there's over no, there? There's no yeah, there's no flooding where I live. I'm in Temecula, where um, the reality rally takes place, and we have pretty good drainage out here, so we're good. There's no flooding. Goodness. All right. Well, hopefully that all clears up by April. Um, so speak of Temecula, like you said, that's where reality rally is going to be, and we're mm-hmm. going to be talking about reality rally. Um, you know, obviously you have raised the money enough to – get to go, but we're still wanting to raise some more money and awareness for Michelle's place. Now, Amanda, um, correct me if I'm wrong. You've been to the Reality Valley event, correct? Yes. Yeah, several times. This is your second time. Can you tell the listeners um, a little bit about what happens there and your experience, just so they know, because they're probably like, you know, where does the money go? What is it like? Is it, you know, is it for real? Is the money going to go to Michelle's place? Oh, Talk yeah, a little bit about sure. it because it's pretty epic. 
for sure. So, um, so I think this is my sixth year participating in the reality rally and it's really an amazing event. I know a lot of people donate money, you know, to the cause. And like you said, they don't really know like, where's the money going? Like, it's, is it going to research? But um, I live in Temecula now and I've actually met several women that have used the services that Michelle's place offers. Um, I think every $400 that we raise pays for an uninsured woman to have a mammogram. So that's really important um, because there's a lot of people out there that don't have medical insurance or their insurance doesn't cover stuff like that. They also offer um, prosthetics for free for women that have had mastectomies. They offer wigs for women that are going through chemo. And, I mean, everything is free to the, um, to the patient that's going through everything. They also have a really great support system set up at the resource center for pretty much anything that a man or woman that's going through <clears throat> such a health crisis might need any kind of, um, I think they have everything from like yoga and Reiki to like just therapy and just information about what to expect at one of your exams. I mean, the money that we raise really goes firsthand to these women. Um, actually, I think the lady that prepared my taxes this year said that her sister used Michelle's place to get a couple of wigs when she was going through her treatment. So I have met people out here firsthand that have used and benefited from the money that we raised. So it's a pretty amazing, wow. pretty epic thing. Yeah, that's pretty amazing to actually meet somebody that's uh, utilizing, you know, where the money is going to and, and getting services from them in a time of need for them when, you know, they're probably scared and, um, you know, not knowing what they're going to do next fund-wise and, um, you know, are they going to be able to pay their, their light bill because they need to do uh, yeah. other things with their money. Um, and, 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 Amanda, for me, going to Michelle's place when we're there is probably the highlight of, you know, my time absolutely. there. Absolutely. That's yeah. everything in perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. I know that um... – I don't, I don't remember if, do you remember if it's the first day or second day that, that we're all out here together, um, we go and we visit Michelle's place and we speak with, um, the director, Kim, that runs the place and we meet Michelle's family. And yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. That's the highlight of the weekend for me as well. Cause it's just, it's just a very, like you said, a very touching and realistic, like kind of experience that this money that we raise actually does go and help people. It's not just, you know, funding research or looking for a cure. It's like, like you said, it helps people offset their bills and it's a pretty amazing thing that they do there. So. Yeah. And they also help the family out. I mean, the family gets kind of, you know, really concerned about what they should do and they need to be strong for their family member or friend. And, you know, they also need a place to be able to, communicate with other families to, to get more knowledge um, and information on what they can do and, you know, just a place for them to be able to vent because they're going through a lot as well. So um, yeah. for me, that's also important because I think the family uh, it has to be strong um, for their family or friend, and it's difficult for them to, you know, remain strong at all times. So Absolutely. it's pretty amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, Miss Amanda, um, you yeah. were on Health Kitchen <laughs> 9. and we, long time ago. <laughs> long time ago, but you know what? You definitely uh, made an impression on all of us. Talk about your experience on Health Kitchen. How was Gordon, and uh, what kind of uh, 
things, highlights do you remember that you want to talk to us about? Um, I mean, Hell's Kitchen was a great experience. I would do it again. I know people watch that show and they think she must be crazy. She'd want to do all of that again. But he's a really chill I know this sounds um, like the opposite of how that he comes off, but he's just really like normal and he wants to mentor you and he wants to, you know, he wants to teach you things. And yeah, there's a lot of yelling and a lot of drama on the show, but again, it's a TV show. So I think if people kind of keep that in mind when they watch it, he's, um, he's a lot more mellow in person and he's actually really funny in person too. Um, yeah, my season, my season was fun. I think I got kicked off a little too early, but that's okay. Um, yeah, there was, I mean, it's TV, you know, and I wasn't, um, I guess I wasn't like psycho enough, (laughs) psycho enough for, for Fox's taste because they wanted me to, you know, fit the mold that they had in mind for my character and I kind of wasn't willing to sell out. So I think that's the politics behind why I got eliminated, but, um, but it's all good. Like I said, it was a great experience, and I learned a lot. I met a lot of great people. I still keep in touch with a lot of my castmates. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say about Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> well, was there any meal? Because you, you, you went a couple dinner services, so was there something that you had never tried or attempted to cook um, that, you know, it was out of your scope that you normally did that, that you found to be interesting or that you took away from that and now utilizing your day to day? Um, I mean, a lot of the things that we prepared on the show, as far as the menu I've worked with before, um, there were some things like one of our punishments, we had to take like load a whole two sides of a cow into the restaurant. And that was crazy because you don't understand how heavy a cow is. I know that sounds like a dumb thing to say, but cow, like, that was just the heaviest thing. And then we had to take it into the kitchen and break down the whole cow. So we had to cut all of the different, like, cut the brisket off and cut the, you know, all of these different cuts of the cow away. And I've never done that before as far as butchering a whole cow goes. Um, I don't use that in my day-to-day, but that's definitely an experience that I would never have – I don't think I would have had the chance to do had I not been on the show. Um as well, I mean, there's other. So you've never strapped a cow on your back and took it into your house and cut it up. <laughs> no, you know, that's not a, <laughs> not really how I roll. <laughs> but no, I mean that thing was just so heavy, and I think there were eight of us girls. Um, we had to unload it from the truck and then load it. I mean, carry it all the way in through the restaurant into the kitchen without it flipping, and it was really heavy and frozen. And Talk yeah, about it was dead weight. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone in our chat room wants to know crazy. what did you learn that made a difference with your cooking at Hell's Kitchen? Oh, what did I learn that made a difference with my cooking? I don't know how to answer that. I think just to continue to be um like to consistently have finesse, I think, and don't try to don't try to cut corners just to save time. Um, I'm not really one of those people that cuts corners anyway. Like if the chicken is going to take, you know, 10 minutes, it's going to take 10 minutes. I don't, I'm not going to send it up raw, but I think there were a couple instances just, I mean, something little down to use a spoon to get the butter out of the container instead of using, you know, your spatula or whatever you have going on, like use the appropriate tool. So just kind of helps your finger. Oh, no, no, that's gross. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I was no, just no. kidding. <laughs> and that you was know. one of those things that I respect 
liked it about Gordon too is he wasn't he's not one of those chefs that walks around the kitchen like sticking his hands and everything and all the you know sauces to taste it like he had spoons with him and I know that sounds like not a big deal if you're not a chef but to people on my end of the industry yeah that's really gross if the if your head chef's walking around licking his finger and sticking it in something that's yeah that's not (laughs) if somebody just tuned in right now they're like who's sticking fingers in what uh, talking about yeah, I know. <laughs> to talk about taste, <laughs> taste in the sauces, guys. Yeah, well, I'm talking about, about how many mine. times I've eaten something that a chef has stuck his finger in, you know, that I've eaten. <laughs> yeah, you just a lot can't more think than about you know. it when you go out to eat. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, a lot more than you know. Um, well, I mean, it says here you're a personal chef, so have you continued to do that since you left the show, or have, are, are your your plans changed a little bit? Are you working in a restaurant? Um, what are you doing right now? Well, right now, I actually, it's funny that you asked me, because I just had um, I just had an interview at, there's a casino out here, Pachanga Casino. Um, I don't know if you remember it from when you were out here. Oh, they of are, course um, I do. Yeah, <laughs> they're going um, to hire me as, uh, like an executive sous chef there. So I just got that job. Um, but awesome. my son is 15 months old and it's time for mommy to go back to work. So I still do the private chef stuff as far as doing like meal plans for people and doing some, you know, people uh, are very into like the clean food movement right now. So I have yeah. a couple clients that all prep like their week's worth of, well, not a week, like five days worth of meals for them so that they can eat clean and not have to do their own prep during the week. Um, but, yeah, right. I'm going to start working at the casino, back to a corporate job. That's exciting. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Well, we are all food nuts here, and we love talking about food. We talk about food every <laughs> show. Uh, lots of uh, – well, we have Jason Lee, who's probably cooking something right now. God knows what, what he's making. He makes some interesting stuff. So there's the green movement going on right now, you said, so or the clean. What – what? say if I was your client and I, I said, you know, I want to prepare something that I can eat for the week, um, I'm trying to, you know, get fit or maintain my weight or whatever – what would you uh, recommend? Because a lot of us uh, that are listening out there, um, they definitely want to know what you would recommend. And what um, if you didn't well, eat fish? And you don't eat fish. Okay. Um, <laughs> so eating clean is basically eating stuff that are uh, foods that are whole foods, that like vegetables and fruits, uh, whole grains, and anything, any kind of healthy protein with a healthy fat. So you wouldn't want to put anything deep fried in your, on your menu, or you wouldn't want to put hot dogs, let's say, because that's a processed meat. So I would say starting out with something like sweet potatoes, because those are a superfood. They're really, really good for you. Um, Yummy. You can do some sweet potatoes. Yeah. And I would, I think that I would recommend sticking to a diet that's a little bit less gluten. I know everybody's on like the gluten-free kick nowadays, but um, you really, I think that a lot of people don't realize how gluten affects your body. Um, If you want to, do try it one time, make yourself a burrito and see how you feel afterwards because you'll probably want to go to bed, go in a food coma and go to bed. Um, there's a lot of gluten in the tortilla. But, um, yeah, I would say eat a lot of sweet potatoes and some superfoods like kale and quinoa and chicken. <coughs> Chicken's Yum. actually a really good protein to eat if you have 
I'm sorry. I'm having a coughing fit. It's okay. I, I have them all the time. Take a little sip. I got my wine over here so I don't have a little coughing fit myself. Uh-oh. She's we probably her. going to get... Oh, like she's not on the line anymore? Yeah, she dropped. Uh-oh. I'm curious when she comes back on, because she probably hit, like, a button with her face as she was coughing. Um, probably. I know she said nothing <laughs> fried, but can we do sweet potato fries? Because that seems like to be a huge trend right now. I mean, doesn't it seem like, Cherry, like a lot of places that you go, there's sweet potato fries now as options? I have seen that a lot on a lot of menus lately. I'm wondering if that's okay compared to, you know, a regular French fry, because she said nothing fried, but come on, we need a little something fried, you know? I don't know. I hope she's doing okay. Um, She did say kale. You guys, I eat kale almost every day. I've been eating kale. Uh, That's why I'm surprised with this kale kick that's been going on the past couple of years, because I've been eating kale since I can remember. And I remember people used to be like, ew. Um, I, um, I will steam it, um, nine times out of 10. Um, I put a little bit of, um, oil and vinegar on it. Um, and I eat it like that. So it's not really, um, too dry. Um, but I I eat a lot of kale and, um, it's pretty yummy. I'll have to say, I, I, I like it. Um, I know that they do, like, the kale shakes now and stuff. I, I haven't tried that. So I'm not sure if that is, like, really thick and, and green-ish. Um, because I don't think you'd want to put, like, vinegar and oil in a shake. Don't I don't know how that tastes. So if any of you guys out there in the chat room have had um, kale shake, let us know um, if it's Good or not, I'm not really, I'm not really sure on that. Um, but I'm sure that you could probably get a really lot of the nutrients um, that you need because it's really, really high um, in stuff that your body needs. So um, I hope she's okay. I hope she's okay. Amanda. I know. We said at the same time. I hope she's okay too. Yikes! All right. She's well, hopefully she'll come back on. Yeah, I mean, we'd only have a couple minutes with her anyway because we have a next guest coming up um, in a few minutes. Um, but if you guys want to donate under Amanda's name, I'll let you know how you do that. So you go to www.realityrally.com. Uh, make sure you go to the top bar and click on Reality Star Lineup. You click on that, and it actually goes out of alphabetically ordered by your first name. So she would be probably at the top of the list, her first name being Amanda. So you would scroll to see Amanda Colello, and it's a donate button, and it's pretty easy and simple after um, you press that. It's pretty self-explanatory. I know she has an Instagram. I'm not sure what it is. I just actually saw it right before I came on the show. Um, She does have a Twitter, but I don't think she tweets a lot. Um, and I'm not sure she has a Facebook, so um, I'm sure she does. Um, but I, I don't. I'm not friends when I try to request. But I'm over my friend list. I'm a, I'm a over the friend amount. So 
Which means I'm, it's not that I don't want to be friends with you. Facebook's saying that I can't. I don't know. Facebook, I think <laughs> that's a little glitch you need to fix. Uh, but you guys, she's been attending, I think she said six years. So, I mean, I've attended seven, which has been every year. So she's been a staple um, at Reality Valley. And I think it's kind of cool that she was in Temecula now. So, and she actually got to meet people that have utilized the cherry. That's kind of very important because I think that, you know, just regular people, like she said, she got her taxes done and, the lady that did her taxes, her sister went and got some wigs. So it just goes to show you that, you know, are actually using the facility in, in, in being able to get stuff through it, whatever it may be, um, wigs, prosthetics, knowledge, um, love, um, whatever it is that they need. Um, so that's great. You know, like I said, a lot of people always wonder and get weary about these charity events, Cherry. You know, there's so many, and you hear about all these scams nowadays out there. So, um, you know, you you got to, you know, be able to let people know where the funds are going. And She's calling back in, like a, hon. All right. Well, let's take it just for a couple more minutes. We can let her actually tell people what her social media is. And All right. Okay. Let's We'll make sure she's okay. Hi, Amanda. Hello. Amanda, are you okay, girl? Are you okay? Can you hear me? I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been fighting a cold, and I just got one of those, like, you know, you get a tickle in your throat, and you can't stop coughing. Yes. I didn't mean to hang up Happen. on you guys. I'm sorry about that. We figured the, the coughing was the cause of probably you were coughing, and you hung up by accident. So we were just more concerned yeah, about you exactly and hoping that happened. you were okay. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, I was actually, <laughs> yay, that's great. Um, we were actually um, just trying to get people to um, know where to go to donate um, for you. And so I already gave them the realityvalue.com. Can you maybe touch points um, on your different social medias? Um, let's start off with Facebook. Do you have a Facebook? Sure, I do. My Facebook is uh, Amanda Colello Palmer because I got married uh, a couple years ago. Um, that's Facebook. My Twitter is at Amanda Colello. And um, I think my Instagram is at Amanda Colello Palmer as well. Okay. So you guys can find and me and follow me. And we do some live videos on, on Facebook every now and then, a lot of cooking. So. Awesome. Um, And we only have a couple more minutes because we do have to um, move on to the the next guest. But I just do have a question for you, though. I know that there's a lot of cooking events at Reality Rally. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you going to be participating in any of these? I am, yeah. I'm going to be participating in all of them. (laughs) We have that one. um, I think we're doing it at Fazelli Cellars Winery this year. That's where the big chef competition is going to be. Um, where all of us chefs get paired up and then we cook against each other kind of like chopped. So that's like the big fun one that we do for everyone. Oh, so I've please attended go, you guys, them. You can go on. You did. Yeah. Yes. I think, um, I think everybody can go on realityrally.com and buy tickets for that. If they want to come to it, um, the money from the tickets, you know, the proceeds go right to Michelle's place as well. So I hope you come this year. 
oh, yeah, I'll be there. It'll be my seventh year going. So Yeah, okay. Been there Good. since day one. Um, I know what the other people are, are wondering. Um, so when you're doing these um, competitions or, you know, the, the, the uh, cooking cook-offs at Reality Rally, do, do we get to try the food that you guys um, are making? No, you don't. And oh. I think that you should. I know. They have a panel of judges. Um, it's kind of evolved over the years. I think the first year that we did it, it was just, I don't say just, but there were some you know, some local people that were the judges. And then I think last year it ended up being like the mayor and stuff like that. I think that we should switch it up one of these years and do something where whoever buys tickets, like we kind of do a tasting for everybody so that you all get to try the food that we make. I mean, it's good entertainment too, to sit and watch us and we're all crazy. So everybody's personality really comes out. You guys are a hoot. I'll tell you that right now. You guys (laughs) Definitely a funny. Now, before you you were having your coughing fit, I I I, yes. I had this question in my mind, and I and I want to find out um, because you were talking about um, the um, the clean cooking, clean food that right. that is going right. on right now, and you said you know you don't really want fried food, and I've noticed this a lot lately. I don't know if this mm-hmm. is like this new trend that's been going on, but you did talk about sweet potatoes, right? So, mm-hmm. what about sweet potato fries? What do you think about that? Um, Is that I think, no bueno? I mean, I think, I think. Um, so the clean food diet, it's pretty much you try and eat food that come looks like it comes from the farm the way that you buy it. So, like, if you buy a sweet potato the way it is, um, I think sweet potato fries are a better option as long as maybe if you make them yourself so you know that you're cutting the potato and it's not something processed because the clean food diet is all about, like, no processed food. So I think yeah, that maybe the being fried is food. less of a yeah the being fried is less of an issue than the than the being processed. Yeah, so you we cut your own really potato. we really around here talk a lot about having your own little garden. Um, yeah, however size it is, whether it's really big if you have the space, or you know even small if you don't have um, a yard, you can do some mm-hmm. herbs indoors and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have a garden? I do, yeah, I do. Actually, I went on Pinterest. If you guys need any kind of ideas like that, I swear Pinterest is addictive. But um, no matter how much size space you have, you can always, like you said, have a little window box with some herbs. I have that going on. Um, Right now I just planted a bunch of things that are going to be blooming in the summertime, like squashes and cucumbers, watermelons, that kind of stuff. Um, But California, I mean, it kind of produces all year round out here because we don't get the snow where I live. So no. do you guys have gardens, too? Some tomatoes um, Yes. I, I got, uh, you know, I'm Portuguese, so we, we. I've had a garden since I can remember. I got the grapevine going on. I got my own vineyard yeah. happening. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, but for people that maybe are like, well, you know, I, I tend to kill plants all the time, and I don't have a green thumb, what would be the easiest thing for them to be able to plant, like, you know, uh, from your opinion, something for them to try off to be, like, you know, a little starter kit? What would be the easiest yeah. thing for them, you know, maybe a um, herb or something like that? Yeah, I would say try starting with the herbs. Uh, rosemary is a really, really hardy herb. It's really hard to kill. Um, 
so I would I would say start off with rosemary. If just people be aware that if you're going to plant things like parsley and basil and cilantro, all of those herbs, um, they'll burn if they get too much sunlight or too much heat. They like to be kind of in the half sun, half shade, and make sure you water them. Um, but rosemary is a good one to start with because it's really hard to kill. <laughs> well, there you go, people out there that might not have a green thumb. Um, rosemary would be perfect. And they can yeah. do Michelle, that indoors, I want to let you know your next guest is on the yeah. switchboard. Okay. All right. Well, Miss Amanda, yes, thank my you dear. so much for coming on Manic Monday. We oh, really do appreciate welcome. it. Um, I can't wait to see you in April. And um, uh, like I said, anybody out there, go to um, any of her social medias or go to realityrally.com. Find her name, alphabetical order, so Amanda will be probably at the top of the list. Towards and donate. Yeah. Whether, <laughs> yep. Whether it's a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, every dollar matters. Right, Amanda? It does. It sure does. It sure does. Well, thanks for having me, Michelle. It's always a pleasure, my dear. And I'll see you in a couple yes. months. Yes, I'll see you in a couple months. You take care. All right. All right. You too. Right. Bye. Take <laughs> care. Um, Michelle. Well, glad that she's also, doing okay. Yes. Before we um bring up Laura, I wanted to let you know that. There is somebody in the chat room. Um, I want you to kind of scroll up and and check out um, somebody that I think you've talked to before. Yes. Did you want him to call in as well tonight, or do you want to talk to him about calling in another night? Oh, yeah. I don't – yeah, I – I don't. I didn't have this on my paper, so I'm not sure that I had it confirmed because um, I don't. I'm looking through my notes that I've that I've had, and I'm not sure that I have that at all on there. So I, I'll get. In, I'll be getting in touch with him after. Unfortunately, we have a full show tonight, but let Joe know, Joey, if you're hearing, um, I will be. In contact with you because I don't have you on my list at all, and I've had this list since January 30th. So, all right. Well, Joe, I'll be in contact with you, buddy. Sorry about the uh, misunderstanding. I've honestly had so many uh, messages back and forth. I just don't know if I got a response back. All right. Well, without further ado, uh, let's bring up our next guest. That will also be attending Rally Rally. And I, I want to see that she did also attend it previously. So, um, Cherry, let's bring up our guest. Okay, we have from Naked and Afraid Australia, <laughs> Laura. Hello? Hello. Hi, Laura. This is I'm a podcast. Laura podcast Thompson Nelson. <laughs> podcast version. I'm a Laura, how are you doing, Michelle? How are you doing, Michelle? You guys are popping my cherry. I'm excited <laughs> oh to be popping your cherry. I lo- I want to pop your cherry, and we popped it. Oh well, what what great what two great women to pop my cherry? You know, if it's going to be popped, it might as well be from you two. Right, and, <laughs> and there you go. And then you got cherry. <laughs> cherry is known cherry to pop some cherries cherry. in their life. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was meant to be, Laura. I mean, this is awesome. Well, I just want to st- welcome to Manic Monday. Um, we are here, obviously, to talk about Reality Rally, uh, what made you attend and everything, but we also are going to talk about your time at Naked Afraid. So first off, um, Laura, you have attended Reality Rally, correct? Yes, this will be my uh, third year uh, attending. The first year I attended, yes. it was when I was on another show where I got it, was, it got canceled, but that was my first attendance. This will probably be the first time I attend where people maybe actually know who I am. <laughs> well, I know who you Aww. are, and I'm, a lot of people know who you are. I mean, your show, Naked and Afraid, out, um, Australia Outback, was definitely something to talk about, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, first okay. off, so can you talk about your experience um, at Reality Rally, um, first off, and, and let people know, um, you know, because they're probably wondering, uh, where does my money go? Is it a real facility? Is it really helping people? Talk a little bit about that so people know where the money's going. Oh, yes. Uh, Re- reality Rally, I, uh, I, before I even was on a reality show, I knew what Reality Rally was all about because I'm a big reality TV person. I watched The Big Brother, Survivor, and I always thought, you know, one of these days I'm going to attend Reality Rally because it seemed like a great organization, but I figured I would just be like a fan going. I never thought that I would be like the so-called reality star, so that was always like I always wanted to go and see what it was all about. And when I went there, it's a great and wonderful organization. Um, It's for... For women, you know, who need to get some treatment. I mean, it's not just treatment. What is it? Identifying, you know, the disease, getting uh, support, you know, and just getting education. It, You know, it it has like three main facets what it's for. They offer prosthetics, uh, support groups, because, you know, it's a scary thing to have breast cancer. And a lot of people have don't know where to go or who to talk to. And every dollar goes to help people there with whatever they need. If they can't get you what they need, what you need, they'll tell you where to go to get to get to what you need. So I've been there two times to the actual facility. It actually exists. It's run by very caring people. It's a wonderful organization, and I just enjoy going every year to be a part of it and be part of a great organization that does such good for people. So. And I, and I like it because it's not really huge, like a huge, massive organization. You know, it's like a place where you can feel like you belong. It's accessible to, to the little people, which is kind of how I like it. It seems like more of a hometown feel to me. So that's why I like it. It's, 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 it's homey. It's like you're going into your I mean, house. It's like you're going into your house with your, with your, with your people and you feel like you're, you're going where, where you feel like you belong. You don't feel like an outsider. That's what I like most about it, the hometown cozy feel about it. You know what? That's a perfect point. Uh, you know, I never really thought about it. Um, you know, the, the person who's dealing with whether it's breast cancer or whatever, maybe they sometimes feel like a little ball in this really big open area and really, you know, kind of not, not really feeling individualized. But there, I mean, they're hands-on and they end up, being like your best friends because it's like a family so that's a really good point to make it's 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 like you know it's not like you turn on the tv and you see commercials for you you, the united way you're like what's the united way you know i I know they do a lot of good work but it seems like so big and out of out of touch with what you know like the little people but michelle's place is like for to me one-on-one you feel like you're with family it's that's what i like most about it 
They have the couches. They're just it's very, very inviting inside inside the building where everybody will see when they get to go tour the facility. So that's what I like most about it. Yeah, and it probably definitely makes somebody feel um, comfortable being able to express how they're feeling or what's going on with them when they do feel at home. And you're right, it's got the couches, it's got that, it's just got that loving vibe. And um, it's, it's just an amazing uh, facility. Um, so, Laura, this is going to be your third year attending, you said, correct? Yes. Have you, did you end up doing the amazing race that r- runs through Temecula? Were you able to participate in that? Oh, yes, I've I've done that each year, too. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty hyper and spastic, as most people who know me probably realize. So I really can't sit on the sidelines holding a sign or directing people. I've got to be in the, in the action, running through the town. You know, I may be almost 50 years old, but, you know, I put on my shoes and I try to keep up. You know, there's there's something for everybody there. So, you know, I really enjoy myself. It's, it's a fun time. And you get to see Temecula, you know. Well, I just, it's a good yeah. way to get some exercise. I, it's actually good exercise. <laughs> Yeah, and the other thing is is you're not able to attend one day of the event or, you know, if you can attend on Saturday for the race, you can actually build your own team and you can have Laura on it. And you would raise <laughs> money as a team and that money would go to Michelle's place and then you could pick somebody from the uh, different reality shows and oh, make it afraid if Laura's your favorite, you can be like, I want Laura, and she'll be running with you. So that's pretty cool, right? I mean, you get to exactly. be part I, of I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody's ever picked me in the past, but it, I would certainly be flattered if somebody would pick me to be on their team. The last year I was on a, uh, I think it was, I don't want to get the, the, the real estate company wrong. They'd be upset with me. But I, I think it was like Caldwell Banker I ran with, you know, and they were such great and wonderful people. And there was like, I think there was like three, there was about three three people, three fans with, with the one reality person. So, yeah, so you get yeah. to meet di- different people each each time. I've met, like, great people from each year I've run the race with. So it's a good way to kind of have a one-on-one with, if you do have a favorite reality star, you can pick the person. you. I think you have to raise a certain amount of money or pay a certain amount of money to actually pick somebody. But it's a great way to get to hang with somebody that is your favorite and raise money for a good, good, good cause also. Yeah. And it's really interactive. You know, um, a lot of people, when they do events and buy tickets to do stuff like this, they are always like, well, can I talk to you? You know, can I ask you? Of course, you can talk, you can sit, you can chat, you can hang, we can dance, we can laugh, we can we can do whatever. It's really interactive with the fans. You're not just fans. We're all people. Yeah. We all bleed. You know, we're all oh, right exactly. together. You know, and I love oh, exactly. how that we mingle in well with everybody. Oh, you you definitely mingle with everybody, and there's so many different things, different uh, places you stop that you can bond. I think one last year there was like you had to do a martial arts routine. Gosh, I, that was terrible. And then there's one where you ride a bull, and then there was one where you actually had to make primitive fire. I'll just say it. I stunk at it. That was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> well, that was the survivor. It, that was the survivor challenges where you had to do all the survivor, survivor things, right? With Bob Crowley, yes, he had like his whole thing, his Durham Warriors, Warriors thing set up, and I was like, oh. I cannot expect you to make fire within these parameters. It was terrible, but but it gets you to try all sorts of different uh, skills. You're, you know, the whole time you're still getting to talk, meet, you know, meet the people you're with. You know, you're hanging out, you're taking pictures and selfies and posting them. It's just, it's just really fun. I mean, it, someone asked me if they should do it, and I said, Yeah, you need to do it. You're, you're, you are not going to sit 
on the sidelines while everybody else is running the race. It's too much fun not to do. Absolutely. I mean, I'm just like you. I got too much energy to be sitting on the sidelines. No way. I need to get my hands in there and get dirty and stuff. So if that's something you guys are interested out there, I believe you guys still have time to put a team together. Um, Like Laura said, she had a real estate company. I actually had a real estate company myself um, as my team, and they were exit realty. So um, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. If you're not into that, you can go to the winery. You can go to the uh, casino night. You can go to the different cooking competitions. So there's something for everybody. And there's there's lip sync on Thursday night. You don't want to miss that. Lip Lip sync contest, fans fans against the stars. (laughs) Are you going to be lip syncing? Yes, I am going to be lip syncing with, with a special other Naked and Afraid person, but I'm not going to say who and I'm not going to say what song because it's secret. Oh, I'm actually going to be good. Um, every time I fly in, I always fly in and I get in around like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night. So like the last year I made it for like literally the last finale song, but this year I land at 10 a.m. So... I will have front row seats, Miss Laura, so be ready for that. <laughs> oh, it's going to be something special, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait to see mm-hmm. what's going down. Um, That's really fun. It's, 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 it's super fun. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of fun. Um, speaking of fun, Laura, let's mm-hmm. let's have a little fun here. Let's talk a little bit about your experience experience on Naked and Afraid. So, you know, we've seen the episode, but, you know, it's it's a show, there's editing involved, you know, and you had a partner, his name was Nicholas, and he was from Sweden, and you guys were in the Australian Outback. So, talk a little bit about, because we all want to hear what you have to say, because from per your email that you sent me, you said, ooh, <laughs> I got a lot to talk about with some controversial <laughs> situations that happened. So, we, without further ado, the chat room and all the listeners out there want to listen to how your experience was and how was Nicholas. Well, you know... Being a fan of the reality show genre and all, I've always been under the, I've always known to expect the unexpected, you know. But uh, even in my twisted, most wildest dreams, I, I, I could never have conjured up what transpired in the Australian outback. Okay. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. You know, and, and, we, and I'll just be honest, you know, when you're on naked, when you know you're going to be on naked and afraid, you always have a, a little fantasy in your head that who you're going to get stuck with is at least at least decent on the eyes, and if not else, if nothing else, have have a great and wonderful personality. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to say, you know, I was I was hoping for you know like the good looking mountain man, the southern southern charm guy, something, and I did not expect to get Nicholas the Swedish Viking from Stockholm. Okay, and, and I remember the first time I saw him, the first, I mean, I, I'll just be honest here, maybe people think I'm being mean, but I honestly th- thought of Olaf the Snowman from Frozen. <laughs> Seriously, oh, that was the first oh, thing goodness. I said, and the camera guy told me that I couldn't use copyrighted sayings or something. <laughs> I said, okay, I won't call him Olaf anymore. But then, but then he, he started off funny, so I'm thinking, okay, we're, we're going to have a good time. Well, that lasted about one whole hour. 
You know? Yikes. So, well, that, you know, it, I, I could just tell that, you know, I was trying to, you know, get along because you, 21 days is a long day to go. And you've got to pick and choose your battles. Well, when we first get to the campsite, I knew I was in trouble. You know, the place we decided we were going to camp. He sees like a crater underneath a tree by the river and the storm is coming. And he wanted to build our shelter in a hole in the ground. And I was like, Nicholas, I go, I watch a lot of reality TV shows. And the first thing that came to my mind was when I think it was Rupert on Survivor dug a hole in the sand by the beach and, and, and the shelter got flooded because it was a hole in the ground. I said, no. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was the only time he listened to me the whole time I finally talked him out of the hole in the ground. So, and it really just went from, from bad to worse. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Ask me a question. Okay. <laughs> ask me well, something. Ask me something. You know, I mean, I can go, I can go about, on for days, trust me. I'm sure you can. First talk about because people are probably like, okay, before we get into even Nicholas and, you know, what happened there, what made you, had you seen Naked and Afraid before? Did somebody yeah. tell you you should apply? Do, do you know what you were getting yourself into? Let, let people know um, how you went about getting on. Okay, well, the, the first show I was on was a survival show. It was ill-fated, and it didn't last very long. It was called Tethered, and it was on the Discovery Channel. I was actually chained to a guy for 10 days in, on a Kodiak, on an island in Kodiak, Alaska. Okay. And, and I learned so much from my partner. My partner was a, was a godsend. I, you know, I learned how to make fire in wet conditions, splitting wood, making shelters, you know, debris, shelters, et cetera, et cetera. And I really wanted another challenge where I could prove that I actually learned something because on that show everybody thought that I was useless and the man was carrying me. Okay, but I wanted to show that I could, you know, contribute. So that was like my whole goal. And when I went to Reality Rally the first time, E.J. Snyder said, Laura, you need to go on – you need to go on – Naked and afraid. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll apply for naked and afraid. So I did, because I wanted to prove that I had learned something. And I, and I got cast. So that's how I got on naked and afraid. And I knew exactly what I was getting into, because I was a super fan. I've watched every single episode, you know, unlike my partner who was recruited and had never seen the episode, never even heard of naked and afraid or even seen one episode. So as a super fan... I was kind of disappointed in, in my situation. <laughs> I just don't understand, Laura, okay, um, mm-hmm. why people go on shows and not do research on it. I mean, you've got to say to yourself, let me do some research, let me go, especially nowadays, you know, we can go on social media, we can go Google it, we can ask Siri, exactly. and you can find out about it, especially the title, Naked and Naked. Afraid. That would make me want to immediately go to somewhere that can tell me why would I be naked and afraid. I want to know. <laughs> well, I mean, so, I mean, I knew all about it. There, there, you know, I, I was prepared. I, like I said, I've seen every episode. I've seen what can happen, what to do and what not to do. You know, I, I, I knew, you know, and my whole thing was I always wanted to thrive. I didn't want to suffer, you know, and if I couldn't thrive, I at least want to do the best I can, you know. You know, and I just remember one time out there, you know, I asked Nicholas, would you please help me make some simple deadfall traps? Because I had been teaching myself how to make them. And I, and I was in absolute shock when he said, food is not that important. We can go 21 days without eating. And I said, well, that might be true on paper, but I would rather thrive than suffer. I don't know about you, but, you know, come day three or four, you're not too hungry. But, you know, get to about day 12 and you'll be singing a different tune. You've got a plan now. 
like I said, he hadn't seen the show before, so I think he thought that he just needed to fatten himself up and just live off that till day 21, I, I guess. I don't know. That wasn't my plan. <laughs> That's just crazy to think that you don't need food. I mean, you are trying to survive in the wild. He just wanted to eat bugs. <laughs> Well, exactly, and and I and I know it wasn't shown, but every day I went out and uh, went along the little river, and I and I got us and I and I caught yabbies, which are basically crawfish. Every day I went and brought us crawfish, you know. So it wasn't a whole bunch of crawfish, but you know what? I'm the only one that got the food, and he ate the food. So you know, he he certainly seemed to for someone who didn't think that we needed to eat, he certainly enjoyed what I brought back. <laughs> Oh, so, but they didn't show goodness. that, but I, but, but I did bring crawfish every day. You know, we probably had about four or five crawfish a day. They weren't super huge, but, you know, they taste pretty good when you have nothing. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, something's better than nothing. So so you you get there, you see that you have this partner, you're probably like, hey, I'm excited, you know, and then it turns out to be um, a nightmare in the outback yeah. of Australia. And yeah, you're alone with this person that's supposed to be helping you survive for 21 days. And in actuality, you know, it, it was actually naked and nightmare um, in your <laughs> aspect of it. It, was, mean, it, it, was, it was. It was a naked nightmare. <laughs> it was a naked nightmare. How was being naked? Did you did you kind of was like, oh, I don't know if I can do it, but then didn't even realize that you were naked probably a, a couple hours, a couple days in? I mean, like everyone says, you know, you, you pretty much forget you're naked right off the bat. I mean, I, I honestly think the most uncomfortable part about the nudity is like, you know, your, your camera people, you tell yourself, they've seen it all before. You know, they're like professionals. But what's really weird is when they hire the couple of locals to come out and, and help out. So you're walking around naked in front of the locals local people you're like well these people don't normally see this this is pretty bizarre and the guy driving me in the truck he was like this super hot like australian six foot like what what are they liam and the you know those brothers from australia was like that i was like good god i'm making it from this hot guy and he's like god (laughs) like i felt so bizarre (laughs) but then (laughs) like like thor was driving me around you know i was like shit (laughs) you're like good day somebody in our chat room yeah, it was, yeah, it was a ship, but yeah, they talking like that and looking like Thor, and I was like, oh my god, you know. So that was the most bizarre part. But then, you know, if you're going to be naked in front of your partner, you at least want to feel like you have a rapport and you're getting along and joking, because that makes it easier. But if you're naked in front of someone that you feel like is not respecting your opinions on anything, you feel like super uncomfortable. It just really makes it, more, you know, anybody who's ever been on naked and afraid and has a wonderful partner, they honest to God don't know how good they have it. If you end up with a captain, yeah. you are so, so lucky. So lucky. Laura, we have somebody <laughs> in our chat room that's he's uh-huh. saying that he wants to tell you that he thought the Viking was totally awesome and a true survivalist. Oh, God, who's saying that? <laughs> <laughs> it's Joe Brandle. Joe Brandle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to wait, wait till I kick Joe's butt at the reality rally. He's going to be there too, he said, everybody. <laughs> he said you would do something, but everything was um, X'd out. <laughs> he said it in the chat room. <laughs> oh my god! I want to kick his ass when I see him in April. Beep 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 beep. <laughs> um, yeah, he is. I think he just wanted to be here for your. Uh, 
your interview. I'm sure. And, uh, I'm sure he's here for my well-being and all. You know, he always has my best interests at heart. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure. At least you can laugh about it now, you know, because probably when you were experiencing it, you wasn't really doing a lot of laughing, correct? Actually, actually, it's, I mean, this may sound crazy, but unless you've been like even probably on any reality show, you know, if if, if you're like. Uh, what am I? If you end up, if you end up cast like you get a crazy edit, and you're cast as a villain, and you get like three thousand comments of hate coming in, threatening to bash in your teeth, and you shouldn't live, and you're a disgrace to Texas and women, and all these things, it really causes a bit of PTSD. You really don't know how to handle it. You know, people say you should act this way and do this, that, and the other, but until you've gone through it, there is no book or a manual on how to survive after a reality show. Especially yeah. if it's not, especially if it's not the greatest experience on the face of the planet, you know. But it's taken a while. I mean, the whole experience there in Australia was pretty traumatic to me, actually. But it's taken a, it took the better part of the year before I finally just let it go. I actually went out and bought a shirt, and on the front it said "Let it go," and I was wearing it around, and I was telling myself, "Laura, you got to let it go. There's nothing you can do," you know. So then I convinced myself that you know what, at least it was good television. At least people were talking. You know, if nobody's talking about your show, then you don't have a show, and the show and the show's going to go away. So at least I told myself, at least I did my part to have an interesting television show. Then one day my shirt disappeared, and I can't find it anymore. So maybe like the shirt told me I didn't need it anymore because I let it go. Because now I can't find the shirt anymore. Yeah, it's a sign. It's a <laughs> I think sign. it's a sign. But it's it definitely being a reality show is definitely different. Yeah, I mean, I don't think people realize, especially, um, you know, more and more every day, social media being involved. Um, oh, and these people can be really ruthless behind a keyboard. You know, they're not like oh, that yeah. when you're in person with them, but behind a keyboard. You know what I say, Laura? It's better to be talked about than not to be talked about at all because you made some impressions some way, somehow. And I find that exactly. people seem to be able to what you should have did or what I would have done but you know what until you are in that experience and you're walking um, in the jungle or wherever you are whether it's in the big brother house until you're in there then we can talk about it and, and, and after that you know you're not you haven't experienced it I, I don't care about your opinion so much so oh, um, oh I, I agree that opinion and then people, you know, and when, and when you've been on a show, you realize you, you really can't be critical of other people on reality shows because you know how highly edited everything is. You really don't know the real truth. So you really can't, but, but people don't seem to get that. They just believe everything they see on TV, you know. So, like, my whole fiasco with the I'm going to kill you thing, you know, that was so highly edited. It wasn't even funny. And had they just shown the lead-up, there was a lot of things I wish they would have shown, but had they just shown the, the lead-up, to what led to that conversation and what the whole conversation was, people would have been throwing me a ticker tape for, for parade for standing up for women. I swear. It's just amazing how one little thing left out in an edit will change the whole context of what people think. It's just amazing. It, it really is. And what people don't understand, it is a show, and there is a lot behind the scenes that you don't see. And, yes, things are said that, you know, you did say that, but there's more to the story than what is shown. And if they want exactly. to have it portrayed as you being the bad guy, they're going to make sure that that's what happens. And, oh, exactly. you know, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate sometimes that it's out like 
you know, you're made out to seem to be one way, and it's really not that way at all. Well, that's why I told him, like you said, it's better to be talked about than not talked about at all because, you know, I would say most – my my episode, you know, with all the different little posts they put for each episode on the Naked and Afraid Facebook page, you know, each post might get, I don't know, three or 400 comments. But I think mine might have had over 3,000 total because it was so crazy controversial. You were either, like, Team Nicholas or Team Laura, although it was, like, 95% Team Nicholas and then 5% Team Laura. <laughs> but everybody was pretty passionate <laughs> one way or the other. Hey. Hey, there was I was so mad that he about- made it a- he made it away with that one piece of coal so that he still had fire. If he wouldn't have made it away with that one piece of coal so that he still had fire, how long do you think he would have made it? I'm not, you know what, I'm not, that's a touchy subject with me, and I'm not going to even answer that question because, like I said, it's a highly edited show. <laughs> I'm not even going there. I'm not even going there because, hmm. <laughs> what I'm not even he wouldn't have made what it. I really what I he really would, think he wouldn't have made it you know what? far at all. He never well, would have made it to catch that Bonnie or any of that other stuff. He wouldn't have made it another well, couple of days. Well, here's the thing. I don't even know. I don't even know why he needed fire because he was drinking straight from the river. Uh, he said he didn't need to eat. So you know, he, you know, according to Nicholas, he didn't need any fire. He didn't need to eat for 21 days, and he was drinking straight from the river. So I, you know. I don't know. And you didn't have me there to, because I tended the fire day and night. That's why I didn't sleep. That's why I looked so crazed at the end of seven days, because I stayed up day and night, turning the fire to keep them warm. And on night, and now on the night of night six, you know, the morning of seven, I was just so delirious. And I said, I begged Nicholas, I said, Nicholas, would you please tend the fire so I can rest for two or three hours till daylight? And he wouldn't do it. I said, please, Nicholas, I got to sleep. He goes, goes, I'll do it for an hour and a half, and you do it for an hour and a half. And I'm like, well, I've already been doing it for six and a half hours. How is that fair? I do it eight hours, and you do it an hour and a half. He said, that's fair. I'm like, please, Nicholas, I need to sleep. So he finally agrees. During those two and a half hours or whatever, he caught the shelter on fire while I slept. I woke up to a pile of burning coals next to my arm, and I helped him put out the fire. I was very nice and everything. I was very nice. I went back to sleep, and then he woke me up again asking for the pot. And I said, okay, here you go, Nicholas. He even said thank you, okay? So then when we switched out in the morning, before he was even asleep, I said, hey, would you hand me the knife so I can work on my other sandal? Because I had actually been making shoes, and I was going to make him a pair of shoes too. And when he said, no, I'm resting, in that moment I was so shocked because I'm thinking, oh, my God, I stay up every night keeping you warm. You caught the shelter on fire and woke me up for a pot, but you won't hand me this, you know, this knife. And it was, it was just, it was yeah. just like a man-child. It was like a man-child thing. And and what I actually said was, I don't understand why you abuse me so much when all I do is stay up every night keeping you warm. I go, all this continued abuse, I'm going to want to kill you one day or whatever I said. But that was the whole conversation and what it, what it would pertain to because I was in shock because, of what he had done to me. It was, it was like passive aggressive or something. And I didn't understand where it was coming from. So everybody hated me after that, but you know, you try well, going gosh, seven days, not no food, water. And, <laughs> oh, I know, but no food, water and sleep, you know, it, it, it takes a toll, toll on you. And when you have a partner that doesn't want to, you know, engage in partner activities and teamwork, it, it's just, it's he just not just, good. He was just uncooperative. He, and, and you could tell that he, 
he looked down on women. I mean, he there's just no way to call it yeah. anything but that. He he wanted to put you in your place, and you do women's work, and he, you know, him well, do I truly believe what that. he thought. I truly believe yeah. that because, you know, you saw me crying talking about the women's work, and I guess he, he deals with the men's work. And I actually interviewed probably every day. I said, I go, Nicholas – I actually said, I, I think Nicholas is a, is a patronizing misogynist and he's condescending. Those are the three words I used every day because he didn't want to, you know, because, you know, the one thing I said is when I went on the show, you know, I wanted to be able to show what I had learned and to be a good team member and to help out and to be marginalized. This you know, really hurt my feelings and upset me and just frustrated me because he he wouldn't let me. And at one point, he told me I had to get his permission to speak. So, I mean, it really got it got pretty bad. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. Ugh, please. Yeah, I think yeah, he thought I mean, maybe you guys were against each other rather than working well, together as a team. I think he was at the wrong show. He was at the wrong show. I wish they would put you back. I have a real partner. Oh, yeah, I, I, would, I would take Satan over him. I think it would be an improvement. But um, I, I really think Ooh, he, he, like hadn't seen, he hadn't seen the show before. You know, like I, like I said, he'd never heard of the show. He had never seen the show. He was recruited for the show. And when you've never seen it before, you really don't understand that the premise is working together to, to survive 21 days. You've got to have two people, you know, two people to get to get it done. And he hadn't seen it before. And even in his pre-interviews, I think he was I think he was kind of made fun of when he was a child. I think he mentioned something about that and how he wanted to enact revenge on all the people that did him bad. So I really think he saw it as, as he was going to, it was like revenge to him to show that, you know, that he was never going to be picked on again himself. So oh, I, mean, I, I, Lord. I, I really that's, think, I mean, he said, I mean, I'm not just, I'm not just making that, but I, he, he did say that in the beginning. He did not say there something to be a, about that. He, he, he did, went from being he, he bullied there, he, to being the bully. Yeah. 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 That, that's how I felt the whole time. I felt like he, and I felt kind of bad for, I actually feel, feel I kind of feel bad for him now. Cause I do think he was bullied as a child and he saw, I'm going to show you all what, what, who I am now. But instead, you know, I was bullied as a child too. I was thrown rocks at and kicked off my little rusted bicycle when I used to live in Hermosa Beach, California. You know, I know what it's like, but I grew up to be the person that stands up to the bullies. You know, I, I don't take people being mean to people. You know, but I guess he—he's the one that he, in my in my mind, he turned into the bully rather than champion yeah, the cause of people who are bullied. So my, my, there, there's way more to my ep, what's going on in my episode. It's it's like it's like a social, it's like all sorts of psycho, psychological stuff going on left and right. I think you know, I'm the person that wants to be have a friend, and he's the one that was bullied as a child. I mean, it was really crazy. <laughs> Oh. It absolutely sounds like you need a redemption show. You need to go back on there and redeem, you know, get yourself a good partner and be able to do yeah. it again. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, Naked and Afraid still going strong because it's going to premiere some on March 5th at 10 yeah. p.m. on Discovery Channel. So it's still going strong. So have you um, uh, let them know that you'd like to go back on and, and do a redemption? Have they, have they ever contacted you to see if you'd like to go back on? Um, they haven't contacted me yet. Um, they probably wanted me to calm down. I mean, they 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 knew how upset I was. I mean, I don't know who wouldn't be upset in my situation when you have three thousand comments of hate and people. I was getting rapid fire like death threats in, in my Facebook Messenger. So who wouldn't be upset? You know. So, I mean, I honestly think if they're looking for ratings, that they would probably try to put me back on an XL or something with Nicholas. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> Oh goodness! You know, 
So I mean, they've never contacted me, but it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I guess if they're looking for ratings and doing something crazy, they like, maybe they would ask me. You know, I mean, I I would like to be able to do the experience with with a decent partner. You know, somebody who would at least let at least somebody who doesn't demand I get their permission before I speak. You know, because he Absolutely. actually told me, and, he, and this, this is this is his, his quote unquote. You must get permission before you offer advice. It is very rude not to offer to get permission before you offer advice. And I was like, do they do that in Sweden? You have to get permission. He's like, yes. I was like, well, that's not how they do it in America. I mean, I just think we had such cultural differences. It wasn't even funny. It was truly cultural differences going on. So well, they were definitely looking for some uh, excitement, and that's what they got. Um, well, 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 I don't, I don't think they expected that. <laughs> no, but maybe you should send them an email and let them know that you're interested. They probably don't think that you'd want to do it again, but maybe you should let them know that you were interested in going back on there. Who knows? Maybe I, maybe I might. You never know. <laughs> well, Laura, I, I, we could talk to you all day long, but we want to also let people know where they can go to donate money under your name. Um, so you obviously, I've talked about this already, you guys. You can go to www.realityrally.com and scroll until you see L and find Laura, and you can donate there. Um, can you let everybody know that's listening, your different social medias, Facebook? Um, I know you say you don't have Twitter, but do you have uh, – what's your Facebook? Um, is it Laura Thompson Nielsen? Yeah, my Facebook is uh, Laura Thompson Nelson, and Thompson Nelson, it, it's hyphenated. I'm probably the only one. and. You can pretty much figure out it's me. I used to have Twitter, but after uh, – I have Twitter, but when, after my episode, when I started getting all the nasty Twitters, message tweets, I, I stopped using that. But um, I have I have a Instagram. It's uh, Laura – I think it's Laura.ThompsonNelson. I'm probably the only one with that name too. So that's the only ones I really use. All right. Well, you guys go on there and donate a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars. Remember, it all goes to Michelle's Place. Um, breast cancer awareness, um, you could have that dollar that could save somebody's life, um, it could help somebody get a wig, prosthetic, um, really anything that Michelle's Place does, which is an amazing, amazing facility. Um, Laura, I cannot wait to hang out with you again in um, April and Temecula. And, and you're getting it um, early, too, I'm, so you can, see, you can see the lip sync. Yes, I'm excited mm-hmm. to see that. I cannot wait, wait, wait to actually be there from the beginning. And I can't wait to see what you're going to do and who's your special guest going to be. That's going to be fun. My, my special best friend is going to be with me. <laughs> nice. I love it. I love it. it it's going to be it's well, gonna be with a boy. <laughs> oh. Oh, you guys going to do a duet? Yes, we're going to do a duet. It's going to be something special. It's going to be good. We're going to win. I'm telling you right now, mark it down. We're going to win. Awesome. I cannot Ooh. wait. Um, and when you do win, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a drink and we'll have a drink on that. How's that? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll hold you to that. I'll, I'll definitely need a drink after I do that. Well, maybe beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say beforehand. Well, I'm just so glad that we were able to pop your cherry. I hope you had fun here on Manic Monday and you can come back anytime. We would love to chat with you when we have a little bit more time to talk, but you know, you got, you got your cherry popped. There you go. I Loop. did. And it was wonderful. Ah. <laughs> okay, well, it's been, it's been a good time, you guys, and I'll I'll see you in uh, April. All right, Laura, you have a great night. Okay, talk to you later. You take care, Bye, Laura. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Oh, my gosh, she was 
Fun, what fun, a great fun. Girl. I adore oh, her. Goodness. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's sad that there's people that send, you know, death threats and stuff. But, you know, um, unfortunately, I've been on the side of that. Um, and, you know, people hide behind their little keyboards. So, you know, they're, they're, there's not always going to be some enough. haters. But, you know, yeah. those people, if they were in her face, they wouldn't say those things. They would probably be the kind of people that would be the biggest fans if they were right there and saw her in person. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they always are. The ones that, you know, are the ones talking, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff are the ones always, can I, can I get a picture with you? Can I get a selfie? You know, and stuff like yep. that. So, yeah, you know, it just makes you laugh. It makes you really laugh. All right, like I said, you guys, Naked and Afraid is going to come back on for our viewing pleasure uh, on March 5th, which is Sunday at 10 p.m. on Discovery Channel. Cannot wait for that. Mark that down. Uh, I've got some other dates here. March 8th will be the premiere of Survivor. Cannot wait to see that. Uh, we got Caleb from Big Brother and a lot of past uh, Survivor coming back. Um, it's going to be a doozy, you guys. Um, March 15th, Big Brother Canada 5 will premiere. So our guest next week will be Suzette Amaya, uh, who is on Big Brother Canada. And she's going to probably just discuss what her thoughts are on this um, upcoming uh, new season 5. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun to hear from her um, all right. That's well, start everybody, in just thank a few you. weeks. Yeah, March fifteenth. Yeah, that's starting soon. I know. I mean, we're gonna be Mar- we're gonna be in March on Wednesday, last day of February I tomorrow. Know. So we're 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 breaking we're breaking this February uh, end of the month, and we're we're heading into March. We're keeping on trucking towards spring and then summer. I cannot wait, and for all the show premieres that are going to be coming up soon, very exciting. Um, Miss Cherry Pie, always a pleasure uh, being with you on here, and always a pleasure popping new cherries. We love doing that, don't we? Absolutely. <laughs> We're just the always best cherry fun. poppers out there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, Miss Cherry Pie, love you guys. It's Chat room, time to wrap amazing. It up. Yes, and the people who are listening right now or who will be listening. Love you guys. Thanks for the support. And, Cherry, let's close up the show. All right, everybody. Take care. Have a great week. As Michelle said, we absolutely adore everybody who's hanging out with us in our chat room. Those who listen to us in podcasts later, thank you again for all your support. We love you, too. Close out the show for us, as we always do. Good night, everybody. I want to finish off the show with a little music and say to all my listeners, thank you guys, and thank you all for coming in.
God bless you, and thank you for listening to the show. And it was a great one. It's always a great one. We have our Portuguese princess from Providence, Michelle Costa. Say good night, Michelle. Good night, everybody. Kisses. <laughs> good night, all. That's a wrap for us tonight. Take care and be kind to each other. Good night. <laughs>